Welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is, the That's Facts Podcast, with Clamp and Cougar. Ooh. Yo. <clears throat> oh, yeah. This is an exciting episode. First full yeah. time episode for you, man. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm also very excited. This podcast is going to go to the next level with the, with the third elite co-host. Elite, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. David. Oh, I'm the last one. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're slow, slow you're, as fuck. You're the third one. <laughs> you're the last edition. Right, yeah, I'm the, I'm the guest going. now. Right, uh, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Epitome of Suffering. It is the That's Facts Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Cougar, whatever you want to call me. Let me today have my wonderful, wonderful co-host, as always, David Shaw, Clamp, whatever you want to call him, and... For the first time as an official That's Facts member, third time in That's Facts history, and already a full-time member, Connor Jones, man. Welcome to the team. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm excited. He's my co-host. <laughs> so we, we got we to gotta, uh, like give you like an official introduction. That's what it's Connor or Beef's Report, whatever you want to call him. So we've officially got a, a three-team. Uh, three man team. Oh yeah, Connor Bonner Bones, the <laughs> whatever you want to call him. Don't call him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clamp any opening thoughts before we get going? I have a lot of opening thoughts. Um, oh, that was fun. Um, yeah, taking a trip to Seattle, watching my Washington Huskies prove why they deserve a spot in the top twenty-five, and that they are going to be a force come conference play. Um, it was a beautiful weekend night in Seattle, and I cannot wait to discuss it. Yeah, nice. Connor, any opening thoughts from you? Um, I'm. It was a really fun weekend as well for me. Obviously, I went to the, I went to the game in Portland. It was a lot of fun. Ten total touchdowns from us. It was that was insanely fun to watch. Um, atmosphere was great. All I can think about though is this week. Really, I'm nervous as hell, bro. <laughs> All right, well, before we move into this week, let's recap what happened in week three of Pac-12 action. Uh, we'll start at the top of the, uh, top of the lineup with UCLA in South Alabama. Uh, UCLA took the one-point win, 32-31, to and UCLA stinks so far this season. Uh, although they have a couple of, of big wins, uh, this game they had no business winning. They were down by, what, 14 at one point in this game? Uh, multiple touchdowns, uh, multiple scores at one point in this game. Um and they, they just haven't looked good this season, man. They have not put together a good product on the field. And South Alabama, or UCLA did not want to win this game at all. And But luckily enough for them, South Alabama didn't want to win it more. Um, an opportunity to go up five, force UCLA to go down, um, try and score, or just go for it traditionally, uh, keep your offense on the field. But no, they line up in a field goal formation, and then they motion their quarterback into the backfield and, like, I don't, it was the worst play I think I've probably ever seen. South Alabama <laughs> did not want to win this game. It, it was, was actually really dreadful to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, like, if you want to be aggressive, be aggressive. Stick with it. Don't try and be cute and aggressive. That, that never works. It never works. It never works. No, it does not. Though I will give props to South Alabama for coming across the country against a Power 5 opponent, giving them a game. Mm-hmm. Um Really good coaching job there. They outcoached Chip Kelly despite the big mistake at the until, end. Until, yeah, until the last, right. what, like three minutes. I was... And that wasn't even like Chip being anything special there. 
Um, Ladamian Webb at 7.8 yards per carry on the game, um, 124 yards on the game. Um, UCLA is not going to be difficult to run on, and I think that's pretty scary for them going into conference play because we're talking about, especially in the South, we're talking about Utah, we're talking about um, oh, the rest of the South sucks. Um, <laughs> no, 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 but even like, and I know, like I know they're ground, in though. deep troubles now. UCLA could lose to ASU because I don't think they could stop Validate. No, they can't. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. So um, they could lose to ASU despite how bad their um, ASU looks right now. They can stop Colorado next weekend, though. We'll get into that. Pretty soon. I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time on that one, though. No. Um, moving forward uh, with this week, Notre Dame beats Cal by a touchdown, which all three of us got right. Um, mm-hmm. Notre Dame, um, I predicted them to be in playoff contention this season. That hasn't aged worth a damn. Um, and, and Cal, as long as Cal is, is hesitant to giving the ball to Jaden Knott, I don't believe that they're going to be very good in Pac-12 play. No. I mean, he, I mean, their leading carrier had five carries, and his name isn't Jaden Knott. So not only did they not put the ball in Knott's mm-hmm. chest, it, it wasn't even to the right – not even did they not run the ball. It wasn't even to the right guy. I don't I, – I, it's kind of like like opposite Stanford disease where they, like, think that they're, like, some of the <laughs> offense and they're just not. It's literally just opposite Stanford disease and they, they right. think that they're them and they just – they're not. It's so you painful to watch. Yeah. Um, Jaden Ott did get 13 carries. He just was pretty poor with them. Yeah. Yeah. But they tried. <laughs> and But still, 37 throws from Plummer, you're not beating Notre Dame on the road. No. That's pretty much all I have to say on this game. I watched it at the tailgate um, with a couple members of the UW chat, including um, Husky CBB, for a moment before we just went into the stadium. Um, Cal's offense is so predictable. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be a problem. J. Mike Sturdivant, once again, a good performance in his red shirt freshman year. He's going to have a good career at Cal and, and probably end up getting drafted. Um, other than that, I don't have any positives for Cal, to be honest. I mean, yeah. you're a hunter. You're pretty good. Um, Cal threw the ball 37 times and only had five yards per completion. <laughs> I mean, you figure, you figure after being so inefficient and get, not getting down the field at all on those throws, you like – I don't know, dude. Cal's offense is pretty piss poor. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Sermon had 15 tackles, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good for him. Um, he's probably all-conference this year. He will be, especially on that Cal defense where there's just like – he's the leader of that defense after not even uh, – he's after one full offseason, he's just taking over that defense. It's kind of impressive. Yeah. yeah. I kind of wish he was still around with Eddie Ulafosio sitting, but I'll get into our linebackers. I thought they played really well eventually. <laughs> Um, uh, number twenty. Game. Well, not Oregon was not. Was Oregon ranked this week? Yeah, they were twenty five coming in. Yeah, twenty five. Yeah, yeah. twenty five ranked Oregon beat number twelve BYU forty one to twenty. Um, honestly, the score is closer than the game was. BYU Oregon kind of beat around BYU for a lot of this game. Um, I did see some things that BYU did take advantage of in the second half. Um, and that, we can get into that going into the Washington State Oregon game, but um, for the most part, Bo Nix, Bo Nix definitely played his best game. 
um, in Oregon uniform so far. Um, he was able to run the ball. He was able to create with his legs. He was able to throw the ball pretty efficiently. Terrence Ferguson has been really good at tight end for Oregon so far this season. Um, Troy Franklin is legit. He's really good. Um, so close, man. Oregon's defense, I still wasn't all that impressed with the way that they played. Um, but, I mean, they kept BYU off the board, and they won in pretty convincing fashion. And Oregon uh, proved that they're still a legit team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like people are going to focus way too much in that Georgia game. Like, it's – like the, I mean, yeah, like, they struggled a lot, but it's Georgia. You got to remember, this team is blowing out teams every single week. Yeah, uh, like, and, and so the, the only thing that makes me say it's not a complete throwaway is how bad Oregon looked. They had yeah, no positives. They had I no positives, it, yeah. It, it's hard to it's hard to defend a team that has no positive. That's the right. only thing that makes me iffy about it. Well, I yeah. would say Oregon moved the ball between the 20s on Georgia pretty effectively. They just couldn't score. Uh-huh. They gained about 30 first downs in that game almost, but – they just could not score um, points at all. So I would say that's the one positive is they showed they can move the ball up and down the field. They just couldn't punch it in. Now, BYU game, um, I would say Oregon ca- capitalized on pretty much every scoring opportunity. Um, and if that continues to be the case, now they had one turnover, but that's Ty Thompson throwing the interception. So that doesn't even count, um, really. I mean, backup quarterback. And it was a a tipped throw. It wasn't even. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So backup QB comes in, throws a pick. I'm not going to worry about that um, if I'm an Oregon fan. But the Oregon fans that wanted tie over Bo Nix, this is what I was trying to tell you. Um, He comes in, and every time the drive ends in a turnover, it really does. And it's kind of worrisome. Okay, so now we can get into some of these throwaway games, including both of your guys' teams' games. Yeah, um, um, before we before we get to our teams, Colorado, uh, we're just taking away their time talking about them for the rest of the year. <laughs> They've officially been relegated from that realm for the second straight season. We're not talking about them <laughs> for the rest of the year. Two seasons in a row. Two seasons we will not be talking about Colorado. It, it, it is a waste of time and it is a drag on all three of us mentally. We're done with it. <laughs> They're the worst team in college football this season. Yeah. I'll go a step now. further. They are the worst team in Pac-12. Now, this is only including the 10 years about of Pac-12 football. This is the worst team in Pac-12 history. Wow. Yeah. I, well, yeah, because, I mean, think about it. This is from, like, this is 2011 onward. Uh, Washington State hasn't been this awful since 2011. Uh, Oregon State hasn't been this awful since 2011. They were close. Uh, they've they were they've close. been close, but that's the only team that's contending with this team for badness. Yeah, this and then last year's Arizona, Arizona, who Arizona won a game. Oh yeah, because of COVID. But that Arizona team could score sometimes. Mm-hmm. Colorado can't even is. score sometimes. Yeah, and that Arizona team had a culture. I mean, Colorado yeah. was just soulless. <laughs> Yeah, they they didn't nice. score until the fourth quarter, man. They are they they are so bad. Their athletic director made a like a press release, oh, and it wasn't yeah. fired yeah. the coach. I, I was about to say they're already begging their fans to buy tickets. <laughs> it's it, 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 is, it is bad in, in in Boulder, and I hope they get it uh, get it straight soon. But they won't. Me too. Uh, I think that's a fun program when they're good. Yeah, um, the Washington Utah. State. Or, okay, go ahead. 
Okay, yeah, Washington State beat Colorado State 38-7, to best offensive game of the season for us. Really a big, big, I love to see that the week before the Oregon game. I think it's a perfect time to get it, get the ball rolling and get some momentum, some of the positive momentum going into Oregon, coming into town uh, this Saturday. Uh, Dan Henley is the best linebacker in the Pac-12 this season, and I don't feel like I have to elaborate on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, we can move on. Jackson Sermon. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and by um, the way, Chris Felica, uh, the, the bear, as they call him on ESPN, kiss my ass. He picked Colorado <laughs> State to cover 16 and a half. They didn't. So, okay, yeah, so suck on it. Another ESPN thing here. Um, they almost never name Cam Ward, even on the top highlight video on the Washington State um Thing here says Washington State quarterback tosses four first half touchdowns. They're going to be mentioning his name this Saturday. <laughs> Nobody, Washington. and this happened, I think, last week as well. They didn't call him Cam Ward. He's oh like, Washington God. State throws touchdown to Nikia Watson. They they are failing to name Cameron Ward in their he's, videos. He's not in their database yet. <laughs> FCS, <not>. FCS. <laughs> Incredible word. Uh, um, Connor, yeah, you can talk about you can talk about Oregon State here, Connor. All right, so it was a very eventful game. Uh, sixty-eight points to twenty-eight. Uh, I love the thing I love about these games is I get to see the backups play. I get to see like the young guys, like uh, Ben Golbranson got some snaps. Uh, the Georgia Tech transfer, Jam Griffin, was able to get himself in there for a while. Um, one thing I will take away from this game though, Treshawn Harrison's back. He's not dropping passes anymore. <laughs> Um, he's, he was really, looked really, really good this game. Uh, Chance Nolan looked insane. I think that's probably his best game I've ever seen him play. Five touchdowns, five total touchdowns, four, four passing, one rushing. He was, it's the most accurate I've seen him for sure. No doubt in my mind. Um, Anthony Gould is looking insanely good. Three touchdowns total, one punt return, two, two catches for touchdowns, 78 yards. This offense is looking good, man. And going into a team like USC where you need to keep up with that offense, I'm feeling confident, man. Like, i not too confident, but I think – and, like, our running backs are finally looking good. Like, not – like, like we didn't yards-wise because it, so, it was so spread out. I got to Montana State. But overall, I'm impressed. And, yeah, I think the game went really well for us. It was, I mean, I expected it to go well. Pac-12 bias didn't, but I expected it to go well for us. <laughs> he was telling us we were going to lose the whole week. Pac-12 bias didn't. Okay, let's get into the saddest game of the week. Um, that resulted in a firing. Um, Herm Edwards, in his last game as ASU head coach, losing in an ups- in upset fashion to um, – Eastern Michigan, led by Samson Evans, an absolute monster performance of 258 rushing yards on 36 carries. They Derrick Henryed him. They rode him to victory in the Sun Devil State. Now, um, Xavier Valade actually had a higher yards per carry, um, but he only got 16 carries, and Emory Jones threw the ball 20 or 32 times. Um, so this is that is why Herm is fired. I don't think it's even because of the violations. I think he's bad on the field. Um, I yeah. thought he got off to a decent start in inspiring some energy into this program, but I never really had a feeling that ASU's coaching was this masterful thing. It always just felt like they were just going to be physical and give you a tough game if you weren't 
going to match physicality with them. But as long as you did, your scheme will probably be better than theirs. And that's why is now on the unemployment line, though I'm sure he's doing fine for himself. Yeah, he's um, got a ton of money to, to, to vouch for himself. He'll be fine. But this yeah. game, Arizona but, State um, is in a terrible position. And like we, we've kind of been talking about all weekend. Uh, who do we think that they go to next? And I, they're kind of at a crossroads, right? Because we can go down the recruiting path and hire a young guy who's going to revitalize the program in terms of excitement, but not really be that good of a coach. Or then I, I think you find yourself back at square one, like really where you were before the allegations, where you weren't a great football team, but you, you got some good recruits. Um, and I don't know that you completely want that. I think you want to have a coach that can coach. Right? I, I think that's yeah. the best line for Arizona State, but I don't know, man. By the way, I do really like the future of Sean Aguano, their interim head coach. Um, I think he was definitely the gem of that staff and the right choice to lead them to the end of this season. However, I don't think this is going to end up being the Jake Dickert situation where you get your interim to move you forward. I don't think this team's in a – I think WSU last year was a team that had a scheme and a meant and a identity in, to where Dicker yeah. could take over and still finish the season all right. I don't think ASU's going to be all right, man. No, um, yeah. Like I said, they, they, are, they are really at like the definition of a crossroads right now. Right. Yeah, it's just a mess. So yeah. they're going to need to – I think they just need to dip into the pocketbook and yeah, and really get someone who can do both. What was Herm's? What was Herm's buyout? Coach, um, um, I want to say it was in the seven million range. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Ouch! Did he have an ex? No, I don't think he was ever extended. Which is a, which it now. By the way, Jimmy Lakes was nine million. So, like that. Ah, oh my! He was nine. Jimmy Lake was nine million dollars. He was on the first of a five-year deal. Oh my oh, god! So hard. we were willing to dip deep into the pocketbooks to get rid of Jimmy Lake. We didn't care at that point. According now we actually Edwards got is... off about we actually got off about five million because he hit a player and we <laughs> bought him out low and he couldn't really sue us because we had that on him. Yeah. According <laughs> so to Edwards' contract, he was getting three point four million in twenty twenty two, three point six million in twenty twenty three, and three point eight million in twenty twenty four, which means ASU could still owe him over eight million if he receives a one hundred percent buyout as stipulated in his contract. Mm-hmm. I doubt he's getting hundred percent, but I do think it'll sit around. It will be high because the only thing they have against him is the allegations. Um. Anyway. Uh, anyway, bad football game to watch. I hope yeah, you didn't watch it. Um. I know. I I did not. Number fourteen, Utah beat. San Diego State 35 to 7. Utah's offense wasn't fantastic in this game. It took them a minute to get going, but when they did, uh, it, was a, it was a good product. Uh, Utah's yeah, still awesome. Um, still number seven, USC beat Fresno State 45 to 17. Jake Hayner died. Uh, I didn't see the injury. But I didn't know he got <laughs> hurt. Uh, I hope he's okay. Um, USC is one of the four best teams in the country. And I don't think that none of us can debate that. No, it's, it's, it's pretty clear. They are amazing. The only thing that I don't love about them is their defense, which is we can get into that next game, which I think Oregon State is going to be able to – or next week's predictions is why I think Oregon State can score on them. Um, Arizona, they got a nice win against North Dakota State this weekend, 31-28. to North Dakota State ran all over Arizona, and really they should have won this game. But 
Yeah, there's one like fourth down and one, and then like they didn't get it. And then uh, Arizona's defense actually played pretty good in the fourth quarter, and um, they were able to get some some points on the board. This game, yeah. as mad as we were about like through it, like about it during the week, this game was just as frustrating to watch. Um, I was infuriated that this game was even ever right. scheduled. Um, but I mean, this we is a good win. Really clutch on the game-winning drive. I yeah, no, this. I mean, this is a good win for Arizona. Like, true, mm-hmm. these are games that you have mm-hmm. to win, and they did it. Yep, big step up from losing to a bad FCS team a year ago in this yeah. same week, beating a historic one. Year. And now, Connor, uh, do you have any thoughts on the game? I unfortunately, because I was so late home from getting, uh, I was so uh, like late getting back from my game that I did not get to watch any of this. I also, like, I, so I don't have much, but I did watch the highlights. I, w- I watched some highlights. Delora looked good, yeah. finally. Um, he looked back, like, he looked like his Washington State prime days, which was nice to see. Um, I I did expect this game to be close, and I'm glad Arizona could pull one out for the pack. Yeah, this is a good look for them. Um, and then now, Cliff, you can spend... How much, how much time you want to all right <laughs> okay so i was in the front row watching what my washington huskies beat down the number 11 team in the country um we start so let's start from the top um the first drive we're dinking and dunking down the field and then, boom, the first of many chunk plays. We get Jalen McMillan on a one-on-one fade route. And um, two plays later, and he gains about 50 yards. Makes a tough catch in traffic. Gains about 50 yards. And then two plays later, Penix to Jalen Polk for his first of three touchdowns on a slant route. Yeesh. And from there, it was – I mean, I would say – the point when MSU tripped and fell in their own end zone for a safety was the point when I was more than willing to say, we are going to win this game. Um, because we get the ball back, and six plays later, it's 16-0 to zero on a Cam Davis touchdown, who many thought I Cam Davis. Um, he has come out this season 4.5 yards per carry. 57 yards, four touchdowns as our RB2. So Cameron Davis, when he's the RB1, will be in for a big one. Got it, year 26. Holy shit. Still going to be going on with your Cam Davis narrative. I don't even need to to project it anymore. It's happening. We are in the moment. The, The future is now, and Cameron Davis... Four touchdowns on the season. He actually got more carries than Wayne Talapapa this week. And he was RB1, and he was great. Um, well, he was good. Not quite great yet, but yeah, he's getting there. Um, who was great was Jalen Polk, who wins – the third-year player wins freshman of the week <laughs> in the Pac-12 with 153 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. Um, so that's a – Heck of a game against the number 11 team. Um, defensively, Alex Cook, nine tackles for the sixth-year senior, and I think this was a big win for him because consistently throughout his career, Washington has disappointed in these interconference 
big ranked matchups. I guess we're not ranked going into it, but against ranked Washington, against ranked teams, Alex Cook has been on the losing end of that for five his first five years, and now here we are. Now here we are finally able to win these games. Savelle Small said before the week, he actually listed off every game Washington lost versus a ranked team since 2011. Oh, my God. In his interview. Since and Alex he, Cook was 21 years old. What? Since Alex Cook turned 21 years old in 2011. <laughs> Alex Cook is 32, actually. <laughs> um... Anyways, um, Cam Bright played great again. His second straight really good week um, at middle linebacker. Same with Alfonso Tupatala. So we do have two really good linebackers filling in for our great linebacker, Eddie Ulafoscio. Still haven't like fully mentioned um, the performance of Michael Penix Jr. And not just Saturday, but all season. Um, here's a few numbers that are telling for me with Michael Penix Jr. Um, Well, first of all, I want to make the point that this was always going to be what happened with Michael Penix Jr. If you look at his completion percentage, yards per attempt under DeBoer, QB rating under DeBoer at Indiana, this is what he was doing at Indiana with Kalen DeBoer. And now with Kalen DeBoer at Washington, he is doing it again, just with better receivers and so more big play ability, so his yards per attempt's a little bit up, and more people that are able to turn a 15-yard completion into a touchdown. So, yeah, this was what was going to happen with Michael Penix, and I, sh- I should have seen it coming. I should have been more adamant about how good he was going to be, but I didn't know because he was off so many injuries um, that it was hard to tell. But his arm talent is still – I mean – it's still there. It's still 100% there. And um, I don't think this is something new that he just suddenly developed the ability to throw the football, but um, I think it's really just come down to coaching. And I think Penix is now I'm not going to get into all the Heisman stuff that's already circulating with him Yeah, way too early for that. And we haven't played a conference game yet. Um, That's the stuff that causes you to go and lose games is, starting to talk about awards that don't get announced until January. Um, or December. But December, I guess, yeah. Does, does, does. Is Heisman announced? I always feel like it's – no, that's NFL Saturday. where it's right before the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's but. the second Saturday in December. Gotcha. So, yeah. I think there's a chance he's there, though. I think there's a chance he's in the in the building um, the day that's announced. Um, but – we're going down a long line after with nine more games to go. Yeah. So I, I thought we played great. I thought the defense, the offense, I mean, it doesn't look like the defense played great. I thought it did though, but Michigan state did score 14 in the fourth quarter. So finishing better could have been, it didn't really need to be. If we yeah. won this game by one or a million that we would have stormed the field. Yeah. And it all counts felt, the same. Yeah. It would have felt just as happy. I, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. That's all I have to say. It was a tremendous experience. Um, and I cannot wait for next week. We, I mean, we can all speak 
from not just the podcast, but like from like the chat that we have together, we were all like so happy that you got to experience that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was very fun to live vicariously through you and your trip yeah. to Seattle. That was, that was very exciting. Um, and not to project, I don't want to do that, but um, our games, like our three teams against each other, are going to be very, very good. Insanely like, good. Yeah, because these are the three of the better teams of the back 12, and I, I definitely feel very good about that, especially through the, at the first half of this season. I mean, not the first three weeks of the season now. Um, and all three of us are, yeah, all three of us are undefeated, so that's nice. So I'm just happy to not be in the doormat conversation anymore. I'm happy to be in this conversation and not in, <laughs> not, not with, not talking about how fucking pathetic our program is. Yeah, that's, that is a refreshing place to be. Um, let's go ahead and jump into uh, week four predictions, why don't we? Um Utah at Colorado is the first, or not Utah, UCLA at Colorado is the first game of the day. Um, and I don't think that anybody wants to spend any time on this because we have banned Colorado conversations from this podcast. I'm going to go ahead and say oh, UCLA stinks, though. Um, I'll go 31 to nothing, UCLA. <laughs> uh, yeah, 27 to 3, UCLA. I got I got a uh, thirty-eight to seven UCLA. Um, we'll skip around the Oregon State and uh, Washington State games, and we'll talk about uh, Arizona at California. Ooh, huh? I actually like that game. Yeah, me too. This is an exciting game. Uh, this is a game of two balanced but not great teams. Um, we we've had this discussion throughout the week. Where do you want to rank these teams? I think they kind of fall in the same tier of. Decent, not very good, but not putrid anymore. Um, I think in terms of the quarterback battle, I like Jaden Delora a little bit more than Jack Plummer. Um, Schematically, I think I like Arizona more than Cal because Cal just isn't good at what they try to do. Um, I think if, if, if Cal dedicates himself to running the ball this week, which they can do to a very, very, consistent success against Arizona's defense, I think. Um, if they dedicate themselves to that, I think that they'll have a successful week offensively. Um, defensively, last week, Arizona didn't get the ball to Jacob Cowan very much. He didn't get a lot of targets. Um, I think that has to be a part of the game plan again. Of course, getting T-Mac uh, consistently involved. Um, I not very confident in a pick either way on this game. I, I I'm gonna have a, a very hard time picking Arizona games all season because this is I mean, this is literally just like last week. Two teams are just like are not. I don't know how to pick, um, but I think at home. I don't like Cal's offense at all. Give give me Arizona seventeen to thirteen. I, I, really, I just really don't love Cal's offense. Mm. I don't know how they're going to Our first disagreement of the week. Um, I am also torn on this game, but I like the home team here, Cal. Um, I went Cal 28-27. I actually, this is, I actually don't like either of these defenses that much. Um, well, I don't like either defense, but I hate Cal's offense so much, man. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think I don't know. I don't think this I works. think Jane Delora turns the ball over once or twice. Um Justin Wilcox had a good plan for Delora last season, but they Didn't couldn't score on WSU's defense. Right. Had WSU had Arizona's defense. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Chase Garbers and Cal go and win that game. So I think Jack Plummer does just that. 28-27 Cal. All right. I So for me, I, I, I actually like both these offenses. I think the defenses are going to struggle as well. I think Arizona can't really stop the run, as proven last week. So I think Jaden Nye will flourish. They gave him the ball they, last week. Well, times. I'm just, they, they've just been so inconsistent with it. It's hard to say. Or, or, yeah. or, is that what they want to do or not? Because they threw That's the ball a hundred times with Jack Plummer and throwing five yards of fucking bad. That's and, very true. This this game is tough because I like I like Arizona's offense too. I like their passing attack with T Mac and uh, Jacob Cowing, who I think is one of the more underrated receivers right now. He's really good. Um, give me Cal twenty four to twenty one. You're on the right team. All right. I don't want to. Uh, guys, it's the second straight week that y'all done this to me on an Arizona game, and of course y'all pick against them this week. And I'm gonna you're drinking this. the Arizona Kool Aid again, bro. You need to stop. I'm I'm just anti calculate. They, they they don't even have rat poison in it. They have like like atomic <laughs> fluids in it, dude. Rat poison. Not, oh my god. I'm not drinking the, the, the cow atomic fluids, bro. I can't do it. Anyways. <laughs> We've got number thirteen Utah at Arizona State. Not one we need to take a long time on, but I'm excited to see Sean Aguanu get his shot. Um to hopefully not lose this game by 50. Um, give me Utah. And it's very funny where I was between these two teams a year ago. Um, <laughs> Loser, I kicked you off the boat, bitch. I'm you know sorry. what, Jackson? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know what, Jackson? <laughs> I was in a great position at halftime to defeat you, but ship kind of sailed after that. Um I got Utah forty-one to um, seventeen. Yeah, I got Utah thirty-four to uh, ten. Uh, Arizona State's offense is not good. Um, Utah's offense has been very good the past few weeks, and I just like Utah as a team a lot more. So, yeah, that was easy. While I do think Utah is going to win this game. There is some reason I think teams have a super a superstition with the interim head coaches. I think they play better. I think they're more motivated. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna the, go. Go ahead and finish your point. I was gonna say I think Arizona State's gonna score a little bit more than people think they're gonna do. I'm gonna go Utah 42, Arizona State 28. The, okay. I typically agree with the players being inspired with interim coaches, but I saw what Nebraska did Saturday. And that really, really, really demoralized me on that point. I thought Nebraska was going to cover, and I thought that they had a chance to win that game. Uh, they looked way worse than they did with Scotland. And so I, I oof, that was bad. Um, do you want to talk about Stanford and Washington? Because it's a- yes, that sounds like the right way to go with the other two games we've got on the docket. Um, so Stanford, I was very worried about this game before EJ Smith was announced out, um, because I think he can be a difference maker, but not against us. Cause he is out. So what do I even make of Stanford at this point? Um, well, Tanner McKee is all right. Um, he's not great. He'll probably be in the NFL eventually. 
Just because he's big. This draft, but... He just doesn't. I don't think McKee has enough arm talent to be a successful quarterback in the NFL, man. I think he just has an average arm. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills, part two. Yeah, yeah literally. Like, he's like, kind of just I, like Mills. I, th- I, th- I do like McKee's accuracy. I think he's a pretty accurate quarterback. Yeah. But I don't think he's just like supreme like that in terms of what he brings to the ground. Yeah, his ball placement is pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes he'll throw it to a covered receiver really well and it'll get picked off. Um, Smith's out. We've got Michael Wilson on the receiving end. Of, I, I don't like Stanford at all. But I am scared of Stanford. Um, because when Washington is riding high off an emotional win, the next team on the schedule almost always tends to be Stanford. Um, <laughs> we saw it in 2017. We saw it in 2019 after beating USC. Um, we lost to a terrible Stanford team in 2019, which that kind of derailed our season. We could have been – we were number 15 going into that game, and we could have been, I believe, 5-1 and one if we could have just beaten a miserable Stanford team with numerous injuries. So I am terrified of Stanford this week. And I am going to pick them to come within 10 – um, I'm going to go Washington 30, 35 to – I'm going to say 35-27. Okay. I think this is going to be a close game. I think – I am scared of Stanford. Uh, okay, so Stanford, I was watching a little bit of uh, a little bit of Stanford earlier. I think Stanford has a, a semi-serious offense this season. Uh not completely on series, but a semi-series because they're not trying to do like the the ground and pound, super tough offense thing anymore. Because they've realized finally, David Shaw has realized that's not who they are. Um, Benjamin Rossick sucks this season, which is really depressing. Um, it's, it's the that's facts curse at this point. Eventually, he'll he'll transfer after the season and be the best player in the country elsewhere next year. Um, just a cycle at this point, but. Uh, right now, he's not very good. Uh, but I do like Stanford's wide receivers. I do like Tanner McGee. I talked about I like his accuracy. Um, Stanford's defense is not very great. Um, but I, I don't even think that that matters. I think Washington's offense is really good. Um, I do think that it will take them a minute to get going, as the kind of talked about with the riding high of an emotional victory. Um might give the ball away a couple of times, but I just I don't think Stanford has the the the, 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 the offensive power to keep up with Washington. So I'll go ahead and go uh, thirty-five to Stanford's twenty. Mine's pretty similar to that. I think um, yeah, I mean, y'all made all the points really. I was going to make about Stanford's offense with EJ Smith being out. I think they're going to go to the air more, and I think. Washington will take a pretty big lead. They'll bring in some of their younger guys, and I think it's gonna they're, they're gonna get some garbage time touchdowns just to pat the stats a little bit. I'm gonna go Washington 35, Stanford, uh, Stanford 21. Okay, gotcha. So you think it starts like 35 seven or something? I think it starts like 28 seven, and gotcha. then actually no, yeah, 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 cool, yeah, 35 seven, and then Stanford scores like two garbage time touchdowns, like one with like 20 seconds left to like bring it a little bit closer right 
I'm confident in Washington. Paul hits huge three to cut lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's kind of my thought for this game. I'm really confident in Washington. I don't saw last week. Gotcha. All right. As am I, but I am scared about the turnaround and place Stanford curse. <laughs> <laughs> As you should be. There's right. a, um, the slate of Washington State, Oregon. Um, okay, let's do it. Uh, number 15, Oregon coming into Pullman, Washington, taking on the Washington State Cougars, who are receiving 62 votes to be ranked this week. Shout out, shout out the AP poll voters um, for that one. Um, Washington State looked awesome in terms of their offense last week. Of course, the defense continues to look amazing. Um, I went ahead and typed out my keys to victory on this post, so I'm kind of going to be just reading off of that and breaking off like, some of my points. Um, Oregon, I really did like what they did offensively last week against BYU. Uh, Oregon's offensive line has been really successful at clearing gaps to the outside, so it might be like an inside, inside zone run, but then like their offensive line just shifts everybody to one side of the field and it's two cutback lanes over and it's a first down. Um, they've been really successful with that. I don't know if Byron Cardwell's like alive anymore. Um, they, they, he just hasn't played. I, I don't know what that's about. Uh, Byron Cardwell is awesome, and he's just not a factor in Oregon's offense. Um, but the guys that they have used, Jordan Whittington, um, and there's one other dude, I forget his name, um, uh, the Irving dude, um, Mar- Marquise Irving. Um, Oregon, Oregon's been able to run the ball well, and they, and they did really well last week. Uh, Bo Nix was very good in terms of his ability to run the ball, use his legs to make plays, um, take advantage of some of the softer zone defenses that BYU ran. It just literally just hitting Troy Franklin for just being better than the defensive back he was lined up against. Um, but I think uh, Bo Nix's ability to run this week is going to be mitigated, uh, which is how good Washington State's edge rushers are. Um, I think that that's something that's going to be drawn back a lot for Oregon this week. Um, because, like, I, I said this earlier, this is an unserious comparison. Like, it's not even a fair comparison, but this is the best defense that Oregon's seen since that Georgia game. So, um, I'm, not, like, I'm not even making that a comparison. That's not even realistic. But Washington State defense is very, very good. Um, mm. And I think there's something that they did very well against Wisconsin was every time Graham Mertz would throw the ball and they weren't able to get a pass rush, their hands were up the whole time. I mean, constantly moving. And that's going to be difficult. Um, you can play passes over, and that, that's a really good, uh, just kind of a proactive thing to do that they did successfully against uh, Wisconsin. And another thing they did successfully against Wisconsin was stopping or slowing the run um, in a big way, especially in that first half. And so Oregon, I think they have to be very keen on running at the edge rushers, being willing to go off tackle, being willing to spread the field out with the run, being willing to mix in the wide receivers in the run game. With guys like Chase Cody and uh, Chris Hudson, and I think that they can have some success doing that. Uh, if Bo Nix protects the football, Oregon's going to have a good offensive output, and I believe that they, and I believe that they can. Um, but I think as, as long as Washington State can continue the pressure um, and harass Nix and be able to keep Oregon's running backs in off those tackles, keep them in the A and B gap. I think there'll be success there to be had. Uh, offensively for Washington State, um, I saw a BYU offense be able to throw the ball very, very well against um, – these are backup BYU wide receivers, by the way. They were able to have some really good success against Oregon's defense. Um, I think Washington State has to do similarly with what they did with Wisconsin. Um, 
be willing to spread the field out, be willing to get those uh, those digs over the middle, be willing to uh, hit your slot guys, kind of sitting down in open areas, something that we did successfully last week um, with Robert Farrell coming back. And, of course, Renard Bell, as always, he'll be healthy this week. Um, Cam Ward has his best, best playmaking game of the season last week. He was really just playing freely and just just being able to do things when the things weren't there, and that's what made him so good in Ward. And I think it's going to be it's going to be more difficult to do that against four games. I still think he has to be confident in doing that because that's what makes him good. Um, be confident in your abilities and be able to play make and, and be um, free in that in that ability. And I think it's a, it's a successful game plan. Um, and I, I think this is going to be a game. There's a lot of scoring, and I think Washington State's also going to find some good success attacking um, those B gaps of Oregon with uh, Nakia Watson getting uh, 15 plus carries. I'd love to see that this Saturday um, because BYU had some good success running in between the tackles um, Saturday uh, when, when they were able to put the ball on the ground. And, and so I think if Washington State does that while still being able to attack um, their secondary in big chunks with the wide receiver depth that uh, that we have, I think I think it's going to be a good game. Um, on either side, win or lose, I think it's going to be an extremely fun game to watch. And I'm sorry I spent so much time on this, but I'm, I'm very excited and like I really like breaking down this game because I think it's one of the closer, more evenly matched ball games. Um, that we can talk about. So I think for Kiva Oregon's attacking the edge rushers with their run, and Kiva Washington State and so Cam Ward make plays and be able to run the ball successfully. Um, and I think if everything goes right for Washington State, they're able to do those things. And I believe that more things will go right for Washington State than they will Oregon. And I think the crowd's going to play a big part in that. I think it's going to be really exciting. Uh, I think Bo Nix turns it over at least twice because that's what Washington State's defense does. Um, and I think the Cougs win it 35-31. to 31. And the Cougs will be ranked in the top 20 next week. I mean, you covered every single point. I think you did a really good job with that. And don't worry about taking too long because I think you were pretty spot on. It's probably probably the biggest game of the year for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, Because I think the other ones, like the USC and the Utah, I I think they're just too tough to win to really worry about. So if you really want to have a really good record, I think this is the one that you have to get. This one and the Oregon State one are the two biggest to me. Mm-hmm. Man, I still can't choose for this game, bro. I I, I want to pick the Cougs so bad. You know what? Give me the Cougs 35-32. Nice. I'm doing it. Nice. I'm doing gave, it. You just gave Oregon an extra point from where Jackson had them. Yeah. I, I, you know what? Mm, actually, ah, fuck. Ooh. Fuck. No, yeah, 35-32. I'm sticking with it. I'm, that's final. That's final. I'm not going to change it. Nice. No, I'm confident. Ooh, okay. Um, I don't have either team getting into the 30s in terms of points. Mm. Um, I don't think I see that happening. I think these defenses are both really good. I mean, there were the two late BYU touchdowns on Oregon, but they held them to seven points when the game was in jeopardy um, for 45 minutes. And that's a good offense with a pretty good quarterback. Um, I mean, who would you who would you take, Cam Ward or Jaron Hall? Um, I would personally take Cam Ward. I like his playmaking ability a little bit more than I like Hall. There's, I mean, there's a conversation to be had there. For sure. Um, <laughs> anyways, me personally, I think 
I, I think it's a toss-up between the two. And I think it's a toss-up between the two offenses. I think Washington State has healthy receivers, which helps in comparison to BYU a lot. Um, because I would say the one way to neutralize Oregon's really good front is to is to get quick completions on their defensive backs. I think Washington State will find pretty good success doing that. It's just a matter of will they also be able to run the ball? Um, now, Oregon's big defensive nose tackle, Popo Aumave, is he's out for the season. So I think that's where you see BYU start having some success in the running game. So can Washington State replicate that? Um Right now is really hard for me to pick Washington State. And the main reason is I didn't – we haven't gotten to see their offense perform against the defense I'm confident is really good or at least pretty damn good. And I did get to see Oregon's perform against BYU. Um, I think that's the difference in where my mind's at between the two teams. Now, I could end up very wrong here. Um, and I will have Washington State covering – in this game, but it's going to be a disagreement with the other two here. I've got Oregon 28, 24. Um, I think it's a, like I said, I think it's a little bit lower scoring than the two of you guys had it. Um, I think it, I think it's a tight defensive game. And I feel like I'm betraying Jackson here after he picked Michigan or us to beat Michigan state. Um, but I also think Jackson just genuinely thought we were going to beat Michigan State. I did. Um, I did. Um, I can't say I genuinely think Washington State wins this game at home. If Oregon takes an early lead and takes the crowd out of this game, I think it's over because I, I don't think you can come back if the crowd is taken out of this one. But if Washington State can force an early turnover or take the opening drive into the end zone, then I really think there's a chance to that we see an upset here and the Cougs win. Um, I think that's, I think that's Washington state's one chance is I, I would almost elect to receive if I were them and yeah, try to get ahead, just get ahead and then try to hold on for dear life. Try to keep getting stops, force a couple turnovers. That's how you win this game. Um, in terms of it, I, I don't, and this will be a dilemma in the Oregon state game as well. Do you use contains on Bo Nix in the sacrifice of your pass rush? Um, no, I don't believe you do. Because I think, yeah, I, same. I think you just go after him. But when you do that, you will open up running lanes for him, and he will take advantage of a few of those. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be some chunk plays out of that. Ferguson down the middle is interesting because you could use Dayon Henley there, but then that's another guy whose eyes aren't on Bo Nix. Um and then you just have to wonder how much of a weapon Bo will be um, if you opt to play him that way. So, yeah, um, I, I do agree with that point, but I do love the speed of our linebackers. So I feel I like you're able to sacrifice that in a way to be able to play those guys in man, which was really successful in Washington State against Wisconsin. I hate our zone defense in general. Um, but I think that you, can, that you can live with those two things. I think they can coexist. So I am betting against – a defense in Washington state that has been the number one defense in the conference, in my opinion, so far, so far. Um, I think Utah's got the best group, but I think Washington state has been the best performing defense so far. Um, only giving up um, 12 points per game 
Um, I've got him giving up 28 this week. So I am betting against a really good defensive unit here in my prediction. But I think Oregon's offense is by far the best Washington State has seen. I think those receivers will at least enough to win the game, get the best of the defensive backs. I'm not going to say they will overall win the matchup, but I think they'll win enough of the matchups um, to win the game. So, yeah, Oregon 28-24, I think it's a really good one. Um, that, unfortunately, is in a really stupid time slot in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, seriously, dude. <laughs> I work right during – I go to work right when that game starts, 1 p.m. So, um little unfortunate on my end there, but it is what it is. All right, will, Connor. I was going to say, it'll be, it'll be unfortunate when you see your prediction is wrong on Saturday and when you get off at work at, when you get off at work late at night. Um, Preach, brother. Um, so the Oregon State-USC game, uh, the one I'm very nervous about, this is probably our biggest game in a very, very, very long time. It's... In my opinion, a college football playoff team coming into Corvallis. Atmosphere is going to be insane. Game's already sold out, I'm pretty sure. Been sold out for a while. Um, the thing about this game, we need to keep the ball out of Caleb Williams' hands. We need to run the ball hard. We need to take as much time as possession as possible. But it, it, They can't score if they don't have the ball. We need to get in a bunch of third and short situations. We need to convert them, which I think we can do. I think our run game is still really good, and I think their de- run defense is kind of eh. like it's not it's not it's not bad. It's not it's not good. It's like right in the middle. Um, it's like, if this game becomes an offensive shootout, I don't think we can keep up with them. The Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison connection is just way too good right now. Yeah, I think yeah, I think the receiver room is stacked. Even like the their their number one receiver who is going to be the number one receiver is looking to transfer right now. Just that's just how good the wide receiver is right now. Um, I think their running back room is really good again. I think I'm more confident in our defense than their defense, but I am more confident in their offense than uh than our offense by a little bit just because of how how the most good offenses in the country to be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's actually absurd like like i was watching highlights of them the other like, like yesterday and a little bit today it's it's they're so explosive and it's so scary to watch because they can just like they can come they can come back from deficits like that like it's it's scary good it, it, it it's scary good like how good their pass game is like it's absurd um also, a thing to watch out for, again, Luke Musgrave will be out this game. He's going to be out for a little bit longer in the season, longer than expected. His injury is a little bit longer lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, our Two of our D1 starters, Joe Golden and Andrew Chatfield, are both questionable. They're going to be game-time decisions, which sucks because they are our best pass rushers by a long shot, especially Chatfield. He gets to the backfield really fast. And we're going to be missing that a lot because Isaac Hodges just isn't it. James Rawls is still questionable. I think he'll be back though. Um, the thing is, the question about this game is, will our DBs be able to stop the wide receivers? And my answer is yes for half the game, but at some point it's just going to get overbearing. And I think USC is going to take this game thirty-five to thirty-one. Wow, I am interested that you picked USC. I'm very interested in that. I, I. I it's the thing is, 
being a fan of this team for so long, you understand games we win and games we lose. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we win this game. I want us to win this game. Yeah. But I just think there I I think USC is just way too good offensively. I don't think we're gonna be able to stop them if I'm being completely honest. I wanna choose Beavers because of bias, you know, because I just if we win this game and I didn't choose them, it'd be a shame. But I would much rather take the W on this game and take the L on the record prediction. Yeah, being right and being ha- is much better than being happy. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, but my gut. No. Biggest game. Bi- bi- hold on. Biggest game in biggest game, and I want to say ten years. Beavs thirty-five, USC thirty-two. Mm. I'm switching go. it up. I, mm. I can't do it. I can't do it, bro. I can't. I can't not pick him here. It's That's our biggest right. game in such a long time, man. And if I, yeah, I'd rather. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's it's too much. It's Preach too much to, to not pick him. Breach, brother. Um, you know what? Um, I'm gonna do it too. Let's fucking go. We're gonna go. Um, let's fucking go. Okay, so let me try to talk myself into this. Um, into Oregon State 27, USC 24. Um, Let me talk myself into Oregon State just running the hell out of the ball. (laughs) I agree with you. That's the the best way they have the chance to win, man. That's the Run the ball. They will not win in the shootout. They won't. But if they score first and they make USC one-dimensional, they can't use Travis Dye in the run game. And they USC's one dimension is just Caleb running around trying to make plays, and the secondary does well enough. Oregon State can win this game. Um, now they will need a crazy atmosphere. It will be they crazy, need bro. To be on the same level as Washington and Michigan State. It will need and Washington State and Oregon earlier in the day because that one will be insane. Um, that we'll one's see. We'll out. see. It's almost sold out right now. There's only like five hundred tickets left. Trust me, Clamp. This atmosphere will be insane. It, it's gonna. Okay. I. 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 I'm pissed. I'm not going this weekend. I was trying to go, but I can't. I'll take your word for it because I am putting my ass on the line. I hope Jackson does as well. Um, pressure on him now to um. Do it. Add his hat to the ring. Do it. <laughs> Oregon State is a really good running football team. We are. Um, I think this could be a moment where we see. Guys on Oregon State who are kind of your kind of your role players like Anthony Gould who's got his trait of speed, and then you've got Treshawn Harrison who's got his size and athleticism that can just win those one-on-ones time and time again. Can they find a t- someone to play tight end? Can Jake Overman step up? He's good. He's a lot better of a blocker too. I will say that. Yes. So his blocking for the run. Put together a really good game. Can Everett Hayes make his field goals? <laughs> He's injured. <laughs> He's injured. Yeah, our backup. Oh, our our, back, our backup is better, so it's fine. Extra point, Connor. <laughs> What's so going Everett. on here? So he hasn't even Everett. kicked a real field goal yet, Connor. He made sixty yards <laughs> in practice. He made sixty. He made sixty yards in practice. Okay, he's Dude, in. You mean you mean <laughs> he's not going to sit down his leg during that that environment Saturday? <laughs> Y'all are going to y'all are going to lose this game by a missed Atticus goal, Atticus right. Sappington is him. You can trust him. I swear. 
trade, Connor. You know what? You get the extra loss if I lose. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We give Connor all our losses. Okay, um, Chance Nolan's going to have to have the game of his life again against USC. Um, I say again because he's done it before. He did it. Yes. Very different team, but he's done it before. He's done um, it before. He's not afraid of USC. I will give him that. He's, I don't think Chance Nolan's really afraid of anyone. He's also so much better this year. It's not even deniable. Right. Like His yeah, accuracy is so much better. He's exactly. been the best quarterback in the Pac-12 based on numbers, like um, efficiency-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he weirdly – I mean, it doesn't seem like it was his completion percentage or really any of his normal box score stats, but pro football focus would have you, have you believe Chance Nolan is the best quarterback in the Pac-12. Now, do I agree as a Michael Penix fan? No, but you – know. <laughs> um, uh, Big Tyjon Lindsay guy, he has a big game. Um, Wait, Connor, is he injured? No, he's playing. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah, he – I so – Tajon Lindsay does some stuff. Um, he did it last year. He did. He did. Um, Jaden Grant gets his third pick of the season in this game. Oh, Caleb Williams. Oh, man, I really don't want to pick this. I, I don't even believe it. But um, Or Connor um, in his time. No. Um, no, I believe it now. I've come to ten. I'm coming to terms. Oh, he believes it. He believes I, it now. I believe it now. Very I'm confident, man. I'm picking USC now. <laughs> I'm going USC 27-24 That's a fair pick as well Confident man Are you, um, are, are you picking USC Clint? I am now um, okay. oh, shit. I, I, I wanted Connor to feel um, Happy with himself So I feel a little bit better about it But he's confident Connor now So we can Okay You're taking, the, you're taking that way too far <laughs> so, um, Oh yeah I'm going oh, USC man. now okay. Um in the Jack Biv rankings, this is number six, USC versus number 22, Oregon State. The only rankings that matter, this is a ranked ball game. Uh, this is also a ranked ball game between Oregon and Washington State. I didn't mention that number 18. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I don't even believe Washington State's ranked. Peer pressure kicked my ass. Uh, but they will be after this week. Um, look, man, USC is so good. Um, offensively, they are the best team in the country. Um, I think they're one of the four best teams in the country, just in general. And I don't think... I don't believe it for a second that Oregon State's going to win this game. Not in a disrespectful way, but in a way that Oregon, or USC's offense is just so good. With even how good Oregon State's defense is, I don't know how long they can slow them down, man. Um, I make the point, I think, that they can survive by letting by keeping Caleb Williams in the pocket. Um, I think that, that I, it's, it's iffy, but I think that that's the way to go. Um but I don't know, man. I think Clint made a good point. You want to make USC one-dimensional, uh, make them, force them to rely on the, the throw because uh, Travis Dye has been really good on the ground this year, and so has Austin Jones, and that just really makes me mad, and which makes USC just that much better. Um, I think Damian Martinez and Deshaun Finley have to carry the ball each 15 times plus, probably more than that. Um, I the Oregon State has to dominate time of possession. Uh, Chance Nolan has had a really good season thus far. He's been really efficient. He has to protect the football again this week. Um, USC has proven, or excuse me, uh, Oregon, Oregon State's proven they can do it. Um, it's, a, it's a totally different team, but they have done it. And I believe 
I don't believe, but I'm going to say that they do it again. That Oregon State is going to take this game at 20, 27. I'll go 27-24. Why not? Clamp, Clamp had the recipe. Um, yeah, I mean, Oregon State has to dominate time of possession. I think they'll probably go into half, like, trailing 17-14, to 14, and they'll have an opportunity Ooh. to go down and get some points. I'll just be like, no, we're just going to hold it. Um, play play a pass and keep it where we are. Um, I, 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 like, Oregon State doesn't win this game if they have any deficit, dude. I, I can come back. I, I think I think we can. I think that they can get I a stop, think. dude. I mean, we they can get a hundred, but they can get one. They can get two. This this defense is a lot better than people think it is. Like, oh, they sure are. But USC's offense is maybe the best. <laughs> Look, they can that, that's where I think the atmosphere comes into play because right. this game is going to be loud. The, the, you get down to this game. I will say, I in true and true road environments, in true road environments, Caleb Williams has not had a good game yet. Uh, and I, I feel very good in saying that against Oklahoma State and Bedlam last year, he was not good against Baylor um, on the road last year. He was not good. Um, I think. Oregon State's a little bit below both of those teams, but defensively, Oregon State's probably on par, man. Um, and I feel like I'm talking myself into Oregon State more and more. I talk um, as much as I love USC. I, I see them having a hard time getting into the playoff if they lose this game because I have them losing to Utah too. So I don't know about that in terms of long term. But I do say for this week, man, I, I'm going to go Oregon State at 27-24. I, I'm more willing to give Connor a game with the rankings than I am Clamp. I can't get behind anymore, dude. I can't. I can't afford it. It'll, 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 you know, it'll even out when Washington State beats Oregon. So I'm willing. I'm willing. It will. It will. It'll, it'll, it'll even out. I'll go. I'll go ahead and stick with it. Oregon State's going to beat USC this weekend, um, and okay. I'm going to go to sleep a very happy man. Um, I've picked the two villains of this conference. I feel like garbage for doing so. You I've should. It. You, yeah, you, you definitely you should, you should. Feel a very like you, a heavy, a heavy burden in your. You should feel ashamed right now. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> you should totally change your pick. I'm really ashamed. All right, boys. Um, let's get into our little fun stat review. We always do. We're going to team stats. Um, today and probably leaders as well. How much are we into this? Oh wow, we did pass an hour. So. We talked a lot about those last two games. We were only at 39 when we started Wazoo Oregon. There's a lot to talk about for those games. There, are, there was. I tried um, to keep it low, man. I don't think I went too long. Oh, no, you did. You know, no, no, I'm, I'm totally fine with how long you went because that was needed. It was worth it. Yeah. Now, um, team stats. The number. So, offensive yards per game. I would say the surprise would be UCLA's third. But I guess the way they play with Chip Kelly's up tempo is there's just a thousand possessions in all of their games, so that's kind of not that surprising. Um, Washington State being 11th in yards per game, I guess that also isn't surprising based on how their game flow has been. Mm-hmm. But they'll need a lot more yards than that to um, win this week. Um, and I definitely don't think they're the second worst offense in the conference. Um, so Colorado is. Um, by the way, over 100 yards below um, Washington State. <laughs> and Washington State is second to Good last, so. God, Colorado is so bad. Colorado is averaging 245 total yards per game. 
That's including 125 passing yards. Oh, yeah. 10 points per game as well. Um, this is the worst team in Pac-12 history. Yeah. At least the worst start. I'm with you tonight. I, I don't know how they turn this around. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I think it. I think it only gets worse from here. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's worse. Really, it, yeah, yes. No, no. I don't think it can get worse. It, I, don't, it, I, I, I mean, they, uh. I think you're shocked how bad teams can be, and I think Colorado and with their with how bad all their positions are, besides this one linebacker they have, it's just gonna get worse. Yeah, probably. They might be. They might be ASU and Boulder. They might. No, no, no. They won't. That's that's game of the year. They're going 0-12. They're going 0-12. 5,000 people are going to show up to that game in total. It's going to be bad. Oh, man. Um, So, in terms of defense, um, I would say it's a little bit of a surprise that the Huskies are second best in defensive yards per game. Um. The rest of the top half is pretty unsurprising. I'd say it's surprising that the Beavers are somewhat low, but there was a lot of garbage yards in that Montana State a game. A ton of garbage yeah. yards. As well as just they played Fresno State, who has a better offense than the majority of the Pac-12 has faced so far. Um, Utah has the number one defense right now, which is comes as no surprise. In yards per game, points per game, Washington State is the best defense in the conference. 12. Which also comes as no surprise that Washington State is giving up yards, but they are not giving up um, points. That turnover um, difference, babe. Right. And in terms of run defense, Washington from 11th last year, and they are currently number one right now. And they they haven't played any slouches um, other than Portland State in the run game because Kent State's top back had 1,200 yards last year. And MSU employs um Jared Boussard and Jalen Berger. So I think um looking at a pretty solid start for Washington's run D. And I think if that continues, our games with teams that love to run the ball, like ASU, who won't be very good anyways. They weren't gonna beat us, even if they did run well on us. Um Cal will need to begin to like to run the football <laughs> um if they wanna win. So that plays into us as well, as well as specifically UCLA, um, who also surprisingly has the third best run defense in the Pac-12. Anyways, player stats are more fun. Um, so let's go to that. Um, Caleb Williams and Penix leading in passing, of course. Um, Dayon Henley leads the conference in sacks now. That's new because he had three against Colorado State. <laughs> Um, Dude, if he, oh my God, he's so amazing. He makes me so. What a transfer get over. Um, I really feel like, um, Washington made with Eddie's injury that came after his commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, we made a mistake making a numbers call on Dayon Henley. <laughs> um, and so did USC. They could use them. They did as well. AD, they they're linebacker one. Um, we we um. I'm not going to just say we could have had him, but we just didn't make a hard enough push for him. I don't think Um, we didn't, he he wasn't the priority in our transfer class. And look, I like what Cam Bright's brought by the way, um, as our linebacker transfer and Christopher mole, who has come 
who is he coming off an injury, so he's coming into his own, and he's been really good like out of the portal. But Dayon Henley is – yeah, he's probably he is the best linebacker so far in the Pac-12 um, and probably will continue to be. Um, the leading receiver in the conference is not Jordan Addison. It is Jalen McMillan. Um, good for him. That is exciting. And stepping into that top five is Jalen Polk, um, who just had a mon- one monster game. He had two very average games against Portland State and Kent State, but then just blew the top off Michigan State's defense multiple Mm -hmm. times. Two of Connor's guys are right next to each other, Jeremiah Hunter and Treshawn Harrison. Mm -hmm. Guys who I was pretty big on. Hunter is definitely showing out for Cal. He's having a sneaky good year. Like I don't feel like many people talk about him. Right. Uh, Nikia um, Watson's name, and just a quick note, Nikia Watson's name is misspelled on college football reference. It's spelled Nikai Watson. It's <laughs> <laughs> really Washington lazy. Really really doesn't have any respect on any sites. No, it's, it's really bad. Xavier Galladay is by far the Pac-12's leading rusher. Uh, and as he should be, really. I mean, so he's, he's, he's all they got. <laughs> he really is. He's going to have a 1,300-yard season in a 3 and and I mean, I I would love him as a late round pick into Seattle. Mm-hmm. We've always needed a back like him. So, and Travis Homer has never been the guy to do that. So I don't know why he's still employed. But um, anyways, enough of my Travis Homer hate. Um, Elijah Badger has had a sneaky good season. He's seventh in the conference in receiving. Mm-hmm. Um. That's pretty much the only reliable target Emory Jones has had this year. Um, that's pretty unfortunate. Nikia um, <sighs> Watson's third in the conference in yards from scrimmage behind yeah. Xavier Valaday and Taylor McMillan. Uh, touchdowns responsible for Bo Nix is number one. Cameron Ward is tied with four, or tied at four. Rather. Uh, touchdowns responsible for um, Nick's has Nick's has the most and Bo Nick's Caleb Williams and Michael Penix all have 10 and then Cameron Rising Cameron Ward Chance Dolan and DTR all have 8 which I think is pretty accurate to how the quarterbacks ranked in the conference mm-hmm. close close I would say Nick's and, and, and Rising and Ward are all close I would say so as well um, I would say I'd say Penix has been a little out ahead. And Chance Nolan, though, has, has been good, man. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Um, DTR has been somehow worse. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think he'd really be this, that, this bad as a sixth year senior, fifth year, whatever he is, but it's just, it's, it's just embarrassing at this really? point. So his completion percentage is good, and he hasn't thrown interceptions. However, it's really just the much per completion as well as his just the timing of when he makes a good play. Have not he's not a very timely QB. He's being too passive. I feel like he's just yeah. trying to limit mistakes and it's just costing his team games. Yeah. So, or n- not yet, obviously this year, but right. it's almost cost him a team yes game against South Alabama. Yeah. So. so that's a little scary there. Caleb Williams, the only full-time starter not to throw a pick. Oh, no, Emery Jones hasn't. <laughs> oh, my God, he hasn't. Um, Dude, Dan DeLore has been sacked 12 times, by and the way. And has four interceptions. And 
Yeah. Um, oh, no, Jack Plummer. No, Jack Plummer's been sacked a whole time. My yeah. bad, my bad. I read that as Jaden Delora somehow. Very different people. Um, Jack Plummer. So Cal's offensive line, man, is kind of selling Jack Plummer because he's playing good football, at least all right football. I still think they need to run more, but mm-hmm. – So he's really dropped back 123 times. That is significantly more than Caleb Williams, and he has three more completions than Caleb Williams. <laughs> On a lower average per attempt. That, that, that just says how good Caleb Williams is, really. Like, it does, but it's kind of it kind of helps. And also, he did get taken out in, a, in like a couple of games so far. In yeah, yeah. But still, Washington that State's defense, Washington State's front seven is just so good, dude. They they have uh, three of the top six in tackles for loss, um, and three of the top seven in totals in sacks. Um, yeah, and Dan Henley is fourth in total tackles. Um, so we're so good, dude. Andrew Edson, our backup uh, rusher, has two and a half sacks. Well, how about so here's – Oh, my bad, Connor. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to point out, here's an interesting stat. The four DBs are tied for first and interceptions in the conference. Jaden Grant, uh, uh, Sewell from Arizona State, Asa Turner from Washington, and Rajon Wright from Oregon State. Nation's brother. Nation's brother is in the t- is tied for first in the conference in the interstate. He's 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 good. He just makes one play every game. Now I'm like, what the what, what are you doing? Blood is lost. Right. Like like he literally it looks like he doesn't know how to play corner sometimes. Julius Irvin got on the interception board with a really good play where Peyton Thorne almost Dan you guys know the Dan Orlovsky play where he stepped out of the back of <laughs> Yeah the yeah yeah yeah. Um, Peyton Thorne almost did that but to avoid it he jumped in the air and threw it and Julius Irvin made like a lunging effort to intercept the ball um which looked way less impressive on TV than right in front of me. Um <laughs> but Julius Irvin um he also dapped me up after the game so that was really cool. Shout, um, out shout out to Julius Irvin for getting on the interception board. Me and Evan actually had a big argument about my post. Um, the guy I sat next to about Julius Irvin versus Cam Fabiculanen for defensive player of the game. I gave it to Cam, and Evan was adamant that it was Julius Irvin. Now I got to give Irvin some credit because he stepped. He's a safety who stepped in and played outside corner for the entire game. Um, for Jordan Perryman, who was out with an injury. By the way, um, injury update, Jackson Kirkland is back this week um, mm-hmm. for Washington, as oh, well nice as man. Jordan Perryman. Oh, so if Jackson Kirkland is in shape and fully go and full go, that gives that that, that just makes us even better. Um yeah. that could change our offense even more, which has already been number number one in the Pac twelve statistically. I mean USC's is better than ours, but um but statistically, number one, and I will take that and run with it right now. Um, Dan, Dan Henley is just literally pissing all over the chat stat sheets, dude. Fourth in total is. tackles, first in tackles for loss, first in sacks, uh, first in forced fumbles. I mean, dude, he's just all over the place. He's got a pick. And he's got a pick, yeah. A game ceiling pick. That's true. Yeah, a big one, too. Um, yeah, shouldn't have been, but, you know. Not right, right. You shouldn't have been at that point against that team, but you're – I mean that's that's the thing with that game is you still got out of it one and zero and you still haven't lost so mm-hmm. and you'll and you'll you'll take a repeat performance of that 
Right. Um, and which it's interesting. I wonder. So I so week one we had a not great offensive performance. Uh, week two we didn't have a great offensive performance, but our defense was clutch. Last week we had a great offensive offensive performance. We have a great offensive performance this week and, and win. Is that what I'm looking at? Or, the um, patterns hold true. Look, if the pattern is true, you'd be playing Colorado State again Saturday, but you're not. Um, no, but I mean, look, <laughs> man, look, hey, man, but believe in what you see. Believe in what you see. Look, um, well, what I see is that schedule um, making a drastic change from a week ago. They and made you know a drastic was, change man. from week one to week two, man. Come on. Okay, fair enough. Um, that's true. There, there was a drastic change in opponent. <laughs> now, I don't know how much better we're than Idaho right now. <laughs> um, yeah, probably Probably quite a bit. Braylon Allen is best running back in the country. Takes so bad. Yeah. Uh, well, he still has 332 yards and five touchdowns. I like it's been his yeah. 547 carries, dude. He should. <laughs> He's all they have. Exactly. He still had six point six per carry. That was that Washington State did not help that stuff. No, they did not. No. I expect Lucy clears. Uh, they tried. He tried against Washington State. Validate clears really on us. Validate Nikia clears. Nick Nikai Watson clears. <laughs> Nikai Watson, dude. <laughs> Um, Wisconsin plays Ohio State this week. They're going to get throttled. Dude. That makes me so mad because Wisconsin's going to be so mid this season, dude. It's okay. We'll no, Wisconsin great, versus so Michigan State is a Jackson versus Clamp game. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, this no, game matters to both of us. The game is probably more valuable than the Apple Cup, to be honest. It, it is. <laughs> it is. We will be more angry, Eddie. Thank God it's in Lansing because I don't think we they'd go to – um, I almost said we. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most unserious game of all time. That gives them stink. <laughs> the two teams owned by Clamp and Jack. Serious <laughs> battle. <laughs> oh man. Y'all ready to wrap this up? I don't think we really have much else to talk about. Yeah, I think that's all we got. Shout out USC. They've got um two three sack havers. That's oh god, that was a horrible. Oh, oh wait a minute! Oh no, they've got two guys with them. Wait, no! They really know how to get after the ball. Players who have accumulated the statistic of three sacks on the season. <laughs> Oh man, that's the title of this episode. (laughs) No! (laughs) Oh my god! Man, (laughs) what an elite first episode. Connor is a perfect joke. That was so good. Oh my god. Welcome, welcome aboard the Connor show. This is what he brings to this show. Nothing but utter hell. Nothing but sacks. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Thank you guys so much for listening.
Um, I really hope you enjoyed because this is the most fun we've had in so long. <laughs> um, uh, we're going to keep it up. I hope you guys, I really do hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure to follow all of us on Instagram. Um, and uh, thank you guys for listening. And, uh, peace. See you. <laughs>